0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 15, Christmas Comes This Time Each Year.
1: Mary, what happened this week? Well, Christmas came,
2: (laughs) first of all. Felice comes up with a stupid idea to break up Donna and Ray, offering him a check for $10,000 not to see Donna anymore. Donna is heartbroken when she thinks Ray has accepted the money, but he really only took it to have evidence against Felice. He and Donna don't break up, and they give Ray's mom a two-week cruise for Christmas. Felice gets yelled at by Dr. Dad. (laughs) I loved it. Me too. At first I was
0: like, ooh, girl, this is not going to go down well because obviously. It's a bad situation. But yeah, it ended up being good. Um, there was one thing I was like, did I just not pay attention? So we'll get to it. But um, but yeah, we like open with Ray bringing a giant tree to Donna's parents house. But I kind of love that he got mad that he left six inches of clearance at the top. He's like, I'm off my game.
1: <laughs> I noticed he is in like a much better mood than oh, yeah. last episode. And, like, also, we never see his mom drinking, so I was like, is that just not happening? Like. Oh, good point. He tells us, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. But, no, I, Are... I maybe love Maybe she just, so
0: like, didn't this Christmas time? I don't know. Like, maybe because she knew she was going to be spending time with Donna. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I don't know. He, like, he brings them this whole big treat, which the idea that he had – only six inches of clearance in that house? I was like, what kind of tree did you bring them?
0: Yeah. That, and it feels like it was only like two days before Christmas. So when do these people get their damn trees?
1: I honestly think Felice is the kind of person that outsources all of her work. True. So I think like, she just has no concept of like, you should get your tree earlier. She's just mm. like, what? What What could a tree cost? Ten dollars? <laughs>
2: I bet you anything, like, she got it, like, cut down from somewhere, too. Like, because remember when the Walshes got their tree on Christmas Eve and it was just brown?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: This was, like, a healthy, full tree, like, something out of the woods.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What if they were literally just, like, well, Ray can go get one for us. He does trees. (laughs) It's not even from his tree lot.
0: Yeah, Felice just assumes by tree, like tree farm, that like he is the person that cuts down trees and like from falling on your house and stuff. He's like a tree guy.
1: Yeah, he knows trees. (laughs) And I mean, she even like kind of makes a comment on that later because Dr. Barton's like, he's more diverse than that. He also does pumpkins.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. The two things that really like, I don't know the word for it, but they just baffled me was when Donna and Ray ferociously start making out. and In her parents' her, house. Yeah, in her parents' house. And not just in, like, a bedroom, in a common area. And and Felice and Dr. Martin walk in like, those kids, like, don't even bat an eyelash. Well, they do, but, like, not in that way. And then the second thing is that, like, Ray goes off to go see his mom i guess and donna says to felice if ray asked me to marry him right now
1: i would say yes this is after last week i know i like i don't know now that i'm thinking about it like this the season opened with like Donna potentially going to Texas to debut, presumably to find a husband and get married. So it probably doesn't actually seem weird to her That's to true. spend time after you turn 18 not being married. Well, that
0: and like her mom was encouraging her to do the debutante ball or whatever she ended up doing. And so she wasn't freaked out at the fact that Donna said she would like accept a man's hand in marriage. She was just more nonplussed
1: with the fact that it's Ray. I yeah, She says, I won't attend a prenuptial dinner at a trailer park. And honestly, I wish she had to. Right? Give Donna some cowboy boots and go get married in a farm. Like, like, first of all, Felice is shitting on trailers and like John and I with his family made this whole realization like a week ago that tiny houses, like the whole tiny house movement is basically just like, you know, giving a like image upgrade to trailers. Mm-hmm. Like it's trendy now.
0: And those like souped up um like RVs and stuff. Same yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. It's like what what are we saying? It's like, it's not living in your car. It's living in an adventure van. Yeah. It's exactly. like having no attachments. It's being able to, you know, pick up and go. And then Felice is sitting here in this like 8,000 square foot mansion with a tree, you know, the size of Ray's house. Just being classist.
0: Yep. I was just like, wow, be more of a snob.
1: And like Dr. Martin is so breezy for the majority of this episode. Like, up until the very end when he finds out about – potentially finds out about the money. Yeah. He's, like – Like, literally, he's, like, oh, those crazy kids making out over there. Like, he doesn't do anything to stop it. He makes the, like – Oh, he, he likes pumpkin patches. hmm And just, like, so chatty and comfortable with his wife who is, like, about to pop a blood vessel.
0: It is kind of weird. I mean – from what we know dr martin has never really put those expectations on donna because like remember when he got the like presumably saw the tape kept it from Felice, and gave it back to donna um for david and claire you know and she he they moved out to houston or whatever i guess and and she she was like fine with her staying and like All this stuff. Presumably, he's not the one with all these expectations and pressure put on Donna. It's always been Felice. And I don't understand how the man stays with her, especially because, hello, Dr. Martin, she cheated on you.
1: Yeah. No, I think, like, I honestly feel like this is probably one of those marriages that at this point it's like, well, we don't get divorced. Right. Totally. Totally. So like, yeah, he just like absorbs himself in his work and Donna and then she absorbs herself in Donna and, you know, whatever she does on the side when she's not having an affair. It takes a lot of energy.
0: It does. That's the thing is like what I always think about when people are just like that, I'm like, God, how much brain power and like emotional intensity must it take for you to stay the way that you are like it's so much easier to just like not care (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like it
1: yeah it just
0: it sounds exhausting
1: right like I mean that's kind of what Dr. Barton is he's just like yeah she's happy what am I gonna do about it and then Felice is like I must crush this child under my foot
0: I just want to know what went wrong for Felice. Like, what happened? Why is she the way that she is?
1: Probably the same expectations that she's been putting on Donna. Probably.
0: But how... Yeah. But it's like, could it have been the other way? Like, kind of... I'm going to bring it back to Riverdale. Here we go. Is it kind of like Alice Cooper, where maybe Felice used to be a serpent, you know? Maybe she was in with the wrong kind of crowd. And... (laughs) She ended up marrying a doctor. Now, was just a lonely journalist, but <laughs> but maybe Dr. Martin was like her high school sweetheart that she ended up with after she dated her true love who was in the high school gang or whatever.
1: In the next episode, we're going to get a uh, the notebook scene where she drives up and is like, I love your father. <laughs> I love him. I love him, Allie. I would die.
0: And it's just John Sears. (laughs) Again?
2: (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) just Felice just being horribly classist because she once was in love with a poor man? Yes.
0: 100% can't imagine.
1: Right? I feel like this is such good storytelling. This is perfect. (laughs) Oh, man. But... You know, (laughs) Felice is literally sitting at home plotting. I have to think she, like, sits in an armchair with a cup of tea or, like, stroking a big fluffy cat, like, literally making evil plans.
0: Totally. Because, like, she had to concoct this idea, which we're getting to um, soon. But, like, she had to, like, create this entire plan based on what she just heard from Donna, right? Because now she's threatened. She's like, oh, my God, she's serious about this boy. And this boy is not near good enough for, not Donna, our family. So, we, like, the next time we even see Ray or Donna or Felice or anybody, it's Donna and Ray. Actually, just kidding. Donna is at the beach apartment talking mm-hmm. about how she's got to take Ray's mom Christmas shopping. And she's a little bit worried because from what we know from last episode, Christmas time is a really hard time for her, for um, Luann.
1: That sounds right.
0: Yeah. Um, really hard time for her. But Dawn is also worried because like to her, it's not like they're just not on the same wavelength. She says that they come from different galaxies. So even she recognizes that like they have different upbringings, different lifestyles, different this, that, and the other. But she's not critical about it, and she's not, like, judgmental about it. She's just like, I really hope we can get along because I know that we don't have a lot in common.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, when we go to the mall and we see them together, you kind of see that on Donna's face while they're talking, like – You know They've already picked out some presents. Ray's mom talks about how she got him the club for his truck, but she wants to get him something else. And Donna's like, oh, what about that suit? And his mom's just like, oh, I can't afford that. And I feel like Donna is just like, oh, I forgot. Right. Or just like, because
0: the thing is, too, is it felt a little weird from Donna because like, first of all, have you ever seen Ray in a suit? And you know how he dresses. Like, he is not, it's not that he doesn't have, it's not that he wouldn't wear a suit, but you he's just a casual boy like I don't know the word for a tomboy for a boy but you know what I mean it's like he's he's a casual boy he's athleisure he's boots and jeans yeah like just a guy yeah yeah he's a guy's guy I guess you could say and so it felt weird for Donna to even suggest the suit outside of the fact that it is way out of her price range
1: Yeah. I mean, Ray's mom makes that comment of like, oh, you you're changing him, but like not that much. And I wonder how much of it is also Donna being from a different galaxy and just like expecting that every man has a really nice suit in their closet ready to go and probably multiple suits to like just go eat dinner in the formal dining room.
0: No, that makes sense. Like it's it's more or it's less about her not knowing Ray more about Thinking she know like of what she knows about guys that she's been with in the past. I mean, think about it. Yeah, her one of her best friends is a millionaire or was. So it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone like has no problem just like having closets full of clothes and mm-hmm. all these outfits and suits and fancy cars and blah blah blah. And like, yeah, Ray's got a truck and he's getting the club for Christmas, which exactly good present, mm-hmm. but not what Donna's used to. And then. So this is where Ray's mom sees the cruise and starts, like, you know, being all, like, oh, I really wish I could do something like that. And then they, like, kind of pointedly have her sticking gum in her mouth, which was weird. Like, did you notice that? Sort of. But I was, like, could this be, like,
0: nicotine gum or something? You know what I mean? Like, something that was less obvious and just more character
1: yeah, I, don't I have know. no idea. I have no idea. I just like – it felt very poignant because she's even doing it in front of Donna's face.
0: Yeah, true. Hmm.
2: Yeah, Did I had. we see her smoke this episode <clears throat> at all? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. So yeah. I think it was just like a, I'm chewing gum instead of smoking because we're inside at a mall or whatever. That, that I don't know when things stop being smoking like – buildings and stuff right yeah I have to have been like around
0: ish this time because I'm even thinking like for a long time the only reason I know this is because my dad used to whenever me and my sister were little and we used to like see my dad every other weekend but then also on Tuesday nights he would take us out to dinner and for whatever reason this is where I got my love for breakfast for dinner but he would take us to IHOP a lot And I don't know why. It was cute though. And I remember for the longest time they had a smoking section and a Mm non-smoking section. And like I remember when restaurants used to be like, do you want the smoking or non-smoking section? Which feels so weird that that was allowed. I know, right?
1: Like, (laughs) this is where Uh people eat food. (laughs) Well, it feels like that's one of those things that makes shows like set back in the 80s and 90s such a time capsule because like It just seems so weird to me. Like, even seeing um, Jim and Cindy packing so much stuff to travel, I was like, "That's going to cost you an extra ticket." Exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, But anyway, yeah. So she sees this little cruise thing, and she like talks about how she could never afford it and things like that. And immediately, I was like, "Donna's going to buy her that cruise." Like, I swear, I was like. This is what's going to happen. And then she's going to hate it. It's going to be like, the, no, I can't accept this, like, la, 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 la thing.
1: I was so scared that was going to happen. Like, save. I was like, I would literally never accept someone handing me a two-week cruise for Christmas when you've only known me for a couple months and you're also 18. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Be, be like, let's sit down. I'm going to show you how to build a budget. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of Excel? Do you know how to balance a checkbook? The answer is no, I promise you.
2: Can you imagine trying to use Excel in the 90s? (laughs) No. I bet you
1: Claire knows. Claire absolutely (laughs) knows. Claire could do it. (laughs) While Donna and Ray's mom are at the mall, Ray is working at the Christmas tree farm and Fully shows up and starts asking him what he wants for Christmas and is like, anything. Like, if you could have whatever you wanted, what would it be? And I do feel like Ray was kind of just like playing along with it, but there's also this part of me, like if I was Ray, I'd be like, well, she's rich. Let me see what she's going to give me.
0: Right. Exactly. And I mean, she mentions the word dream, like dream big or, or, you know, whatever. And he's like, okay, well, I want to record my own album. And she's like, sold (laughs) or whatever she says.
1: She pulls out. I think it was a pre-written check. I don't think she wrote anything down. She just, like, pulls it out. And so she didn't actually say what the intention here was. Which, okay. like, yes, this is what I thought I missed. Yeah. She doesn't say anything. She just, like, hands it to Ray and walks away. And, like, nothing would have made me laugh harder. Then if Felice tells Donna all this stuff, she's bawling her eyes out. And then that night, Ray shows up at the beach apartment and is like, no, she gave me a Christmas present. What are you talking about? Yeah. Because,
0: like, by the end of this, like, okay, so the whole idea of this check, she's super manipulative. She's obviously, like, guiding him towards something, this big expense, whatever. And she's like trying to tout her status and her money and be like, well, I can make that happen and this should cover it, and then gives him the check, never actually says why she's giving it to him in the first place. And later on, I was like, did I miss her saying that? I went back and watched it. Surely I did not. But the whole intent is that she gives him this blood money, basically, to then break up with her daughter and poof, disappear out of her life forever.
1: Yeah, and like when that scene happened, I was like, oh my God, Ray has to tell Donna what's happening. Felice is just going to let him like poof into the wind and walk away from Donna, never to be heard from again. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How wrong I was because the (laughs) very next time you see Felice, she and Donna are like walking down the stairs, getting ready for dinner. She's like, how much do you really know about him? And then freely tells her, I wrote him a check for $10,000 to walk away from you and he took it and then she lies to Donna and says, oh, he wouldn't stop going on about how he was going to record my music and it was going to be this great thing. Like he was so excited to take the money. And like not only is this presumably Christmas Eve, it's the night before Donna's birthday and her mom is just like, let me tell you what this man that you love did.
0: This is such a narcissistic move.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) To manipulate someone else into hurting your daughter, just so then you can manipulate your daughter into thinking that you're there for her. You know, like, he's the bad guy. I'm the good mom. I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so so sorry. He's, you know, I I don't ever want to see you hurt all of this bullshit. And it made my blood boil. I'm
1: like, this is the thing. This is this like insane confidence that Felice has that what she did worked and it's not going to come back to bite her and that she is going to be this like savior for Donna. Like this is that narcissistic personality where like she cannot fathom in her mind that it did not work. To the point that she lies to Donna and, like, embellishes about it.
0: Yeah, and at this point, she fully believes the lie, right? Like, she believes, she has convinced herself that, no, Ray really did take the check to go pursue his dreams, never to think of Donna again. He wanted that. He wouldn't have told me what his quote-unquote dream was if he didn't really want that. He doesn't want Donna. So she fully believes this. And then just gaslights Donna the whole rest of the scene. It's. I.
1: It's problematic. Remember.
0: Remember when we knew we hated Griffin and then there's an episode that told us to hate Griffin?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Here we are, Felice. We are (laughs) told to hate you. (laughs) Like, and yeah, it is problematic on so many levels. Like, it's not just narcissistic, it is still classist, it is gaslighting, it is. Just bizarre. Like, she is so out of touch with anybody else that she thinks that offering someone $10,000 will make them walk away from someone. Like, this makes me wonder what Felice would do if somebody offered her something that she wanted.
0: Right? Man. Which makes me wonder, back in the day, did somebody offer her $10,000 or whatever the equivalent was to marry Dr. Martin and not... Um, John, John C. Jones <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god like I want it I want it so bad <laughs>
0: I'm just saying like it it tells you a lot about Felice too that she doesn't actually give a shit about being a mom either like she, she at this point thinks she's untouchable like you mentioned like she's not going to get in trouble for this she doesn't see the force through the trees to say if this backfires my daughter's going to hate me She doesn't even think about that.
1: Well, And like Dr. Martin gets real pissed about the money later. So the idea that Felice was just like, I'm willing to spend $10,000 behind my husband's back to do this and it's going to be fine, which, you know, presumably the Martins have a lot of money. So like he literally may not have noticed it missing. But
0: and I'm sure the banks didn't like give you a text or, or call you and say, hey, there's been a large sum, you know withdrawn from your account
1: oh yeah i mean like they definitely have an accountant who probably is just like used to large sums of money being spent so he was just like whatever yeah exactly yeah and like she hurts donna so badly so bad because the next time we see her she's at the beach apartment bawling her eyes out claire and david are like you have to tell us what happened like Mm -hmm. ray is here and you refuse to see him but like he hasn't seen you today so what happened? I'm like, <laughs> it's so. The show. I feel like this is another one where the show thinks so little of Donna, because she finally gets it out. She says, "My mom gave him all this money to walk away from me, and he took it." And then David's like, "But he's here."
0: Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Why would he be here if that were true?" Basically.
1: Yeah, and like, right. It's kind of smart. Like it's all. Like, the teeny is a bit intrusive, but it's really smart of him to just, like, walk to her room and be, like, I have the check. I brought it to you as proof.
0: Yeah, and, like, hear my side. Like, you heard your mom's side.
1: Hear me out. Yeah, and, like, she just believes it. Like, just like she just believes Felice, she just believes Ray. And, like, Ray is telling the truth. His story makes a lot more sense than Felice's story.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, like, they just think so little of Donna in these scenes it makes me upset
0: it's bad and it's not it's not fair
1: to her to be able to like put two and two
0: together right like she she at first defends Ray to Felice but then believes her ultimately but then it takes Ray coming and you know proving it now granted like I would want proof too but I would be a lot more questioning now granted we only have 43 minutes or however long we've got a lot of other storylines to get to but like I think to your point about not giving Donna enough credit, I also would have just like asked more questions, <laughs> or yeah. like been like, "What did she say to you?" You know, like I would I would need some verbatims. I'm the kind of person that works with like verbatims from people, not just like, "Well, this happened." Like constantly, Nate tells me things and doesn't give a lot of details, and I'm like, "Well, then what did they say?" And then what did they say? And then what? And he's just like, I, "I'm telling you everything I know," and I'm like, "But give me more." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like why didn't after. Felice tells her all this stuff. She at least, like, calls Ray and is just like, you have to, like, at least give me – like, you have to respect me enough to at least say to my face that you're breaking up with me. Like, you have to do something. Totally. But she doesn't. She just now ultimately believes Ray and then goes to see her mom, tells her exactly what happened. Like, her mom comes in and is like, oh, my God, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday. I'm so excited to see you. Why do you look like that? Mm Mm-hmm. And so Donna confronts her, tells her that Ray showed her the check, gave her the money back, but then Donna spent it. And, like, that is when Dr. Martin comes in and is like, I'm sorry, what just happened? Why is my daughter storming out after getting all up in your face? I just absolutely
0: love that Donna went ahead and spent it. Like, I don't even care what it was for. Obviously, we know what it's for, like, later on. But, like, even if we never knew – and it was just a charitable donation or she kept it for herself. Like, I don't care. Spend that money, girl. Like, yeah, that police yeah. was just willing to throw that check throw that 10 G's just all the way around. Take it. Spend it. She doesn't care about it.
1: Oh, yeah. I it made me so happy that Donna was just like, oh, the money's gone. I gave it to someone who actually deserves it. Exactly. And then, yeah, we find out that they gave Ray's mom a two-week cruise. They didn't tell her where they got the money, and she's just, like, so excited about it. It's like, man, okay, I guess it's fine.
0: Everything works out. Everything is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it basically, it's wrapped up in a neat little bow, and there you go.
0: Hey, but I'm cool with it, honestly. Like, this is, like, kind of that thing of where it's a lot more work to hang out with some people and a lot less work to hang out with others. So you're mm-hmm. more willing to go further and go like above and beyond for the people that are easier to hang out with. And in this case, it just happens to be raised mom, but like, you know, she's had bad Christmases for years. She had one of the worst Christmases ever when she, her husband abused her and left and left her to be a single parent, you know, all this kind of stuff. So this is like a way to show her that, Christmas can be good again and we really appreciate you and granted it's a hefty little present there but it's the thought that counts.
1: Mm -hmm. I did love that they hand her the box and she's like now Ray this isn't that negligee I asked you for. I was like ew.
0: (laughs) Why are you asking your grown son to get you lingerie? (laughs)
1: But like, yeah, you're right. She's just like so breezy and so easy to hang out with, except for the time that like, you know, Ray tells her that tells us that she's not easy to hang out with, which I'm kind of glad we didn't see because like, yeah, we know what happened. We know this is part of her backstory. But like, I really appreciate what we've seen of Ray's mom.
0: Yeah, for sure. She seems cool, chill, laid back. Sure, she has her vices, but who doesn't? Right. Right. <laughs> Like At least it's not being a narcissistic bitch
1: of a mom. I, definitely when you like put Felice on one side and raise mom on the other, I'm like I can handle like an alcoholic at Christmas who like hasn't been able to deal with her demons over Felice. 100%. I will take literally everything over Felice.
0: I will take somebody we haven't even seen yet or at least talked about here. I will take Jonesy over Felice. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about him. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, so are we done with Ray and Donna?
0: Yeah, wasn't it?
2: Okay. Jim and Cindy go to London to see Brenda. Brandon stays home with Kelly. And Kelly doesn't let Brandon help her change her bandages on her burns, and Brandon gets his feelings hurt about it. Kelly is afraid that she came out of the fire a different person. Brandon and Kelly go to church and later have a heart-to-heart while Brandon helps
1: change her bandages. Yeah i'm i'm conflicted <laughs> i thought
0: you're about to be like yeah that's what happened
1: <laughs> moving on yeah no i'm i'm a little conflicted about brandon so i'm actually really excited to talk about this
0: yeah no i i have, I have some conflicting quotes too but ultimately i think it's i think we're okay but But yeah, so I love that Jim and Cindy are going to London to visit Brenda. I love that we're like halfway through the season and we're still getting Brenda mentions. It makes my heart happy.
1: I know. And they're like, it's not even just we're going to see Brenda by. Like Brandon does the whole like with Brenda, you never know if it's going to be the best of times or the worst of times. Like they're talking about her.
0: Yep. And then, classic Cindy's like, "Well, Brandon, make sure to water the plants, and Kelly, take him to church." Like, (laughs) it was classic Cindy, and I loved it. I love how I think probably the purest character, and probably the actor who knows this character, their character
1: the most, is Cindy Walsh. Like, true purest character. I love her so much. And then, so that night, like Kelly is still over. I guess you know, she's not spending the night, but she's staying until like pretty late in the night. I did notice she and Brandon are sitting in front of a roaring fire. And I was like, should we, should we be in the kitchen maybe? But also it wasn't even just that they were
0: sitting in front of it. We got a camera angle from inside the damn fireplace. I know (laughs) (laughs) who put that camera there. How did this happen? I need to know who put on like a fireproof suit And somehow the camera didn't melt to get inside of a fireplace. Now, obviously, I know they're not inside of a fireplace. This isn't Santa. But I just want to know how they did this and why. Why did they do this? Was it symbolism? Who directed this episode?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they were just like, whoever directed this episode was like, I could do something cool with the fire. And they (laughs) were just like, but should you... He's like, trust me, it's art. It's going to be so good. And then here we are, 25 years later, like, but should you have? Guaranteed it was Roy
0: Randolph who directed this episode. That just <laughs> feels like right up his alley.
1: Oh, it really does. Instead sort of cat on a hot tin roof, it's camera inside of a hot fireplace. Camera in a hot fireplace. I love it.
0: It's, it's modern. a sequel that never got off and running. <laughs>
1: And yeah, like Brandon, I don't remember if he like wants her to stay the night or what, but she basically says like, I have to go home because I need my mom to change my bandages for me. She like does not want him to see this, which like, again, totally fine with it. Let Kelly do what she's comfortable with. I understand Brandon has feelings and he's hurt by this. Like, oh, I thought we were closer than this. But like you literally just cheated on her last week. Calm yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think at first he was definitely trying to like, you know, like tiptoe a little bit, kind of test the waters by asking, but then he just, he just goes a little Brandon and you know, he just keeps pressuring her, can't say pressing or pressuring both of them about changing her dressings when clearly she's not comfortable. So I can understand from his point of view, like you know, he's like, you don't have to be perfect. That's not why I love you, which I don't love how that reads, but I understand the intent. Like he's trying to say like, I love you just the way you are regardless, like burns and all, like whatever it is. But so the intent is good, but then it's like, he, he just wants to help and he wants her to know that nothing will change that no matter what. And it just doesn't come across that way. And Classic Brandon, right? Like, we we know that about Brandon. He sometimes has a hard time, like, compartmentalizing his own feelings and how they come across to people.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. Like, it sounds like he's trying really hard, but he's saying the wrong thing, but it's kind of like a, you know, put your foot in your mouth kind of a thing where, like, he doesn't know he's saying the wrong thing. He's saying what he thinks is the right thing, and it's just not mm-hmm. working, and unfortunately, Kelly is not in the right place to be like, that's not what I need to hear right now. What I need from you is blah. Exactly.
0: Um, and, but luckily later, like, they do get a little bit of growth inside of the episode, which is nice. Um, because later, much, much later, I think.
1: So, yeah, the next thing we see with them is when they're at the Peach Pit serving the, like, Christmas dinner. Kelly goes to refill drinks and ends up seeing a woman who has facial burns. And, like, just having a moment of, like, discomfort for herself. Mm-hmm. They go home after that, back to the Walsh's house, and she's like attacks Brandon and is like why are you staring at her? Everyone was staring at her. Why would you do that? And I appreciate Brandon being like, you know what? Let's go to church.
0: Yeah, this clearly wasn't the time or you know, the place to like get into a fight and also it really did sound like Kelly was trying to pick a fight. Not like – I'm not saying Kelly's, like, mean or anything. She just yeah. is clearly very, very insecure about her burns and how it looks to other people. And so she's very just touchy about it. And so anything Brandon was going to do to, like, respond to that was going to make it worse, whether intentional or not. So he's he made the right move to say, like, let's get out of this situation. Let's go somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's not like let's get out of the situation go to a party. It's like let's go to Christmas Eve mass, which right. I – I feel like it's also very a little like, you know, uh, Kelly and Allison had that whole talk about God last Mm -hmm. episode. And now she's going to mass. Like, I'm just trying to, like, see if there's a thread to follow. Mm. So I'll be very curious. Because they get home from mass and she says she's feeling better. But she still doesn't want him to help her change her bandages. She, like, goes so far as to try and do it herself when they're, like, in the middle of her back.
0: Yeah. um, And at least this time with like when Brandon offers to help and she refuses, it's not you can tell it's not personal. It's a little bit better in terms of conversation because she's just like, no, I want to try it myself. And then she even says, like, I'll meet you in bed because they have like a cute little moment where it's like clearly like stuff's going to happen later. And so, you know, he's just laying in bed. She's changing in the bathroom, trying to get things done. And then she's just like, I can't do it. I need some help and oh my god when they zoomed in on her face they did that um near shot on her face that Lauren Conrad tear and just one single glistening tear on her cheek I I miss Brenda Walsh and Shana Doherty for a lot of reasons but one of them is because of how she and Kelly or Jenny Garth are like, in terms of these big emotional scenes. And, like, to have Jenny Garth do these scenes, I can only imagine what it would have been like to have Brenda to talk to and them do these big emotional scenes together, and I just miss it so much. That's just a side note, because this is not about Shannon Doherty. It's about (laughs) Jenny Garth crushing it once again. But it's actually really nice to, like, have Brandon be quiet in this moment. And I don't mean, like, not talk. I just mean soft, you know? Like, he's, Mm -hmm. he's trying to just... Like, he even puts his foot in his mouth again. He's like, oh, Cal, I didn't know it was this bad.
1: I know. And she's been so scared about this. Like, when she comes out of the bathroom and is like, I need help. I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I just want to hug you. Like, you sound so vulnerable and, like, scared and upset. And then, yeah, they do the the close-up shot on her face where she's crying and she's talking. And then Brandon's like, oh, my God, I didn't know it was so bad. I was like, oh, I just I wish he
0: hadn't said it. But then he immediately is just like I, I, I didn't mean it like that, you know. He like yeah. he immediately tries to make up for it, which is again much better than the first scene we got with them. It it shows that like he's yeah, Brandon doesn't have a filter sometimes, and sometimes he sticks his foot in his mouth. But this is Kelly. I, I genuinely believe he loves her. Whether or not he loves two people at once, that's a different story. But I mm-hmm. genuinely believe he loves believe he loves her, and he's. He dresses the rest of her bandages, like, puts it back on, and they have a nice little moment together. Um, And the only thing I didn't like is she says, I love you, and he doesn't say it back again.
1: I know. And, like, like we've talked about, this is, like, a Brandon thing where somebody says something and he, like, pivots or, like, doesn't actually respond to the thing they said. Like, this is a personality trait that we have picked up on with him. I was like, after this moment with her I really want you to say it
0: I don't know what it says about me I mean I know what it says about me but I don't you know it's like in tv I look for it you know like if somebody says I love you in a show especially if I ship the couple I'm like you better say it back and when you don't I'm like hold on here what's going on Why am I overthinking this? And it's because I know I would overthink it in my own life. If I were to say I love you and Nate didn't say it back, like even to, we've been married almost five years together for how long? A million years. And (laughs) if he doesn't say I love you back to me, as soon as I say it, I'm like, Nate, did you hear me? And he's like, yeah, I heard you. I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) And? Like the other day, we were literally walking Noodle and my dog, for those of you who don't know, I have a dog named Noodle. It wasn't just a noodle. (laughs) 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 And we were outside walking her and I don't remember even, I think it was just a random, I told him I love you. He didn't say anything and I'm just kind of looking forward, like bebopping my way down the road. and. I thought he didn't hear me, I guess. And so I said it again. He doesn't say anything. I look over him. He's laughing. I was like, sir. (laughs) And he's like, I was just going to see how long it would take you to react. But no, like with this, he knows that gets under my skin. So my whole point to this is if I'm Kelly and my boyfriend, who I'm being super vulnerable in front of, doesn't say I love you back, something's wrong. We're about to break up.
1: Yeah. No. And like. This is drama. Like, this is a TV drama. So they could be about to break up and we could just be, like, seeing them, like, planting the seeds to be like, okay, this is episode 15. We're going to make them break up at, like, episode 22, but we're going to, like, plant very tiny breadcrumbs.
0: I mean, I can't say. Like, I I know what happened, so I'm not going to give anything away, but, like, I just – this is the thing for me is like, if again, if a couple on a television show, albeit fictional, doesn't return the I love you, I think something's wrong.
1: I'm very nervous,
0: <laughs> but I guess like, moral of the story is, I am happy to see Brandon being soft because we don't often see him soft and like, and that's I what Kelly needs. That. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it was precious. I loved it.
0: I don't remember, was it? This podcast, or was it just one of my many musings about television, where I mentioned like I really sometimes just enjoy when couples can just exist, and they don't have all this roller coaster drama. May have been this podcast.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it was last week, maybe or like Could two weeks been. ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, because
1: we we were talking about like yeah, how like just letting couples be like. It even kind of like pulls a viewer into like a sense of security. And then, like, totally when something happens because it's TV and inevitably it will, it means a lot more because we are so used to seeing them happy together.
0: Yeah. It's like I'd much, I would take a couple that has almost gone from like, I don't know, my favorite trope ever enemies to lovers to then just pure domesticity. For the entire rest of the show's run, I would take that over a roller coaster couple, a will they, won't they? uh, Lord help us, a Ross and Rachel, all day long and twice on Sunday. Like, just I would take that all the time.
1: Mary, who you got next?
2: Claire convinces David to ask Nat to let them take over the pee pad. Also, she won't tell her dad they're dating. Pee
1: pad mention. I just love that Claire is really like do we need Steve like <laughs> I don't think you know how hard this is but
0: also the confidence I think we talked about Claire's confidence before and she like I want that kind of confidence because she was like look we already have the money like Steve's dad wouldn't but also smart because she's like Steve's dad wouldn't have invested in this if he wasn't like Wanting to see it through, right? And so, yeah, she's just talking to David. Like, I love how she's just pulling the strings. She's like a puppeteer here. She's like, we should keep this and you should talk to Nat.
1: (laughs) I just, like, her confidence. She's so smart sometimes, but then other times, like, especially when she's like, do we really need Steve? I mean, all we have to do is hire a DJ. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) I mean, actually, it's a lot more than that. And when she first said hiring a DJ, I was like, like, David? (laughs) like right right here
0: (laughs) oh my god why didn't he like step up and be like I could do it
1: why didn't he get offended like excuse me (laughs) this is my calling in life
0: oh it's because it wasn't Donna asking
1: very fair (laughs) and then yeah they go home to decorate the tree the chancellor shows up we find out that he does still think that she and Brandon are dating and that David is just her friend And they have had this conversation before because the chancellor leaves and David is just like, we're going to talk about this again.
0: Well, and what's wild, too, is like, poor David. Like, Chancellor Arnold comes in, says hello, gives her ornaments. Claire introduces him as her friend. And then Chancellor Arnold is like, bring Brandon to that faculty party. Oh, and bring Kelly and Donna, too. Like, not even looking at David. Oh, you can come, too. Like, no, no. (laughs) No. No what it, what is it Cheryl always says in Riverdale like um inner circle only like
1: <laughs> apparently yeah. David is not even part of the inner circle yeah it's very like Glen Coco
0: yes it's very like, Glen Coco
1: Claire you get four invites and none for David silver bye.
0: <laughs> literally he nopes right out of there so fast
1: and yeah I mean she promises to tell her dad about David which I would assume, She says the next time she sees him, which is technically this staff party. Mm. So I wonder if this is like a post-Christmas staff party or like when we get to see this because I want to see this.
0: I also would have loved though if it would have been so clear if she was like, yeah, next time I see him and then plans to not like he plans to get another (laughs) job at another university or something and like is just gone for months at a time.
1: (laughs) I've been so busy with school. I just haven't seen him in three years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's at my graduation day? Hey, Dad. By the way, I dated David Silver (laughs) a long time
1: ago. (laughs) She's just trying to outlast the relationship so she doesn't have to admit it.
0: Exactly. Poor David.
1: Poor David. And then, like, the next day they go to the Christmas dinner and for some reason David is trying to talk business with Nat while they're serving all of these people. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, Ned's like, um, sorry, sir, I have to feed all of these people, so please don't talk to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, we don't discuss new business until next quarter. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, man.
1: And Yeah, I mean, that's really it. Like, they show up at the end of the episode, but Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: that's the last time we see them for a while.
0: Yeah, I think so, too.
1: So, Mary...
2: The FBI doesn't have enough guys to help Dylan get his money and Erica back, but his dad's buddy, Christine, knows a guy. That guy is Jonesy, and he'll try to find Dylan's money as long as he gets to keep half. Also, Dylan has a really
1: sweet conversation with his mom. I loved Dylan at the FBI. Like I loved it. He just walked into FBI and said, do you know who my father is? Yeah, he pulled a Karen. He was like, may I speak to your manager? (laughs) And I love, I love that the woman is like, there is no one here by the name of Christine. I was like, of course not. That was a fake name.
0: Well, and that was my thing too. It's like Dylan never knew this woman's alias. Well, I guess he did know the alias. He didn't know her real name. And it's like, help a guy out. Like, no, no one here was like, oh, you mean so-and-so? It's like. Didn't ask him questions about maybe how he knows Christine Pettit was just like, hmm, Christine Pettit. Nope, never heard of her and moved on.
1: But they recognized Jack McKay in a
0: heartbeat. (laughs) Like, oh, no, not cowboy dad. No, sir.
1: (laughs) And yeah, I mean, literally, like, he's like, you tell them that Jack McKay's son is here. So she does. And then she's like, "Okay, you can go through those doors. And then. He and Boomy march into that meeting to tell that man (laughs) what they think of him.
0: Oh, I love it. That was like, I don't know. It felt out of character. It felt like something Brandon would have done, but with Dylan's power, you know?
1: As soon as you put the money behind it, you get some answers. That's true. Also love that random FBI guy makes an Atlanta reference. Oh, yeah. What do you say? He was talking about how the only Pettit he knows was with the uh, St. Louis Hawks. The St. Mm -hmm. Louis Hawks became the Atlanta Hawks in like 75.
0: That's right. That's right. I do love the entrance by one Christine Pettit. Like, we don't know her real name, but boy, can that lady make an entrance.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. She just walks in and she's just like, we're understaffed. What do you want? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. No budget, sir. Like. Times are hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's really it. Like, he fills her in on everything that's happened because she's like, I assume you want to talk about your dad. And he's like, actually, no. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so he fills her in about how Kevin and Suzanne kidnapped – didn't really kidnap Erica, but, like, took Erica to Brazil after they stole all of his money. And, yeah, Christine is just like, we don't – unfortunately, we just don't have any money for this. I can't Mm -hmm. help you but you got to give me some time and I might come up with something.
0: And like, clearly that's not good enough for Dylan, but that's all he can get. So he accepts it. And that's presumably all we know until Christine says otherwise. Um, But then it's Christmas time and, ah, Iris and Dylan cutest little phone call. It's nice to hear them talk about, not just about Dylan's like work with his rehab and, and kind of working on himself, but also like, Dylan makes a little comment about karma, and and so they kind of talk a little bit about what Iris likes, too, and that, that just shows, like, how far Dylan's come in the last few episodes, and I have missed him
1: so much. So much. I mean, it's 15 episodes. Like, it has been months mm-hmm. since we've seen the Dylan we know and love, and I love that his mom invites him to come visit. Like, you know, before all of this had happened, that would not have been received well.
0: No, not at all. I mean, he starts the conversation calling her Iris, but then says mom twice. And they say they love each other. Ugh. It just, it's so cute. And it's what Dylan needed all this time. He needed his mommy.
1: He needs family. That's what he wants. He Mm -hmm. craves family. I mean, after they hang up, he reminisces to last Christmas when he bought the tree, he bought the presents, he bought the tickets to Disneyland. To give Erica this Christmas so that they could be together.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's just like thinking about it constantly. He just, he has to find her. He wants his family because, regardless of whatever happened with Kevin and Suzanne, he genuinely felt a connection to Erica. Um, yeah, so we need this to happen for Dylan.
1: Yeah, well, luckily, Christmas morning, JJ Jones, AKA Jonesy, just stumbles his way into Dylan's life.
0: He is the most like consistent knocker. It was like tap, 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 like tempoed. Tap, 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 tap. Like no signs of stopping.
1: He, I don't think this man has an off switch. No,
0: I was like this hot mess. Is he drunk? Is he high? Is he both? Is he just amped up on like energy drinks? What's going on?
1: Right. Like I did assume at first he was drunk, but I feel like Dylan would have made some sort of comment about that if he smelled like booze. So I think he's just like high on life slash also coffee slash probably didn't sleep last night.
0: Probably. That seems right.
1: Yeah. Cause he like walks in says he's a friend of Christy, and starts eating Dylan's donuts, drinking the milk that was in a glass on the table.
0: He runs into a chair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then he says like, Oh, you know, I got really excited when I heard about this $8 million. I'll go find it for you. And if I find it, I get half plus expenses.
0: Half. Even Dylan was like,
1: half? <laughs> right. And like I thought about it. I was like, I guess $4 million plus Erica is better than no millions and no Erica.
0: Yeah. And like at that point, he'll probably go back to Jim as his like money manager and he can make back some of those millions, I guess, invest it right all that but yeah I was just like holy moly but that tells us that he had eight million dollars
1: yeah well and it tells us that like JJ Jones is real excited to find these people
0: oh for sure I mean Dylan's even excited to find these people too and he's like when do we go and he's like no 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 there is no we it's just me and I'm going down see what I can find I'll get back to you and it felt really Like, if I were Dylan, I mean, the whole time Luke Perry's face acting was brilliant. Like, he, that time when Jonesy was like right up in his face and Dylan like knocks his head against the wall, I thought for sure he was going to break character a little bit. But no, he just still had that like befuddled look on his face. It was brilliant. Love the, love the face acting by Luke Perry there. But he was just, just completely like a mix of confused, overwhelmed, and like bamboozled, you know? Like, Could not figure out what was going on.
1: I mean, yeah. Christine was like, give me time. And apparently time means 12 hours.
0: <laughs> exactly. So he's like completely shocked to even see the stranger. And now he's spouting off how he can go find Erica like tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Now, when you're expecting like Christine and the FBI and you get Jonesy on Christmas <laughs> morning, I'd be like, I'm not sure this is actually a present.
0: Yeah. Like, I would need a little bit more verification that he is who he says he is, especially after what happened with Eric, or, uh, what's his name?
1: Uh, Kevin?
0: Kevin. I almost said Eric. Why did I say Eric?
1: Because Erica? Maybe. Maybe,
0: maybe. Yeah. But, I would just, I probably would have asked a few more questions, but no, handshake is as good as the pad it's written on, so.
1: We're going to Costa Rica or Brazil or wherever we're going. (laughs) Oh my god, what if he did just go to Costa Rica first and he was like, (laughs) I don't know, maybe they are here. You know, the wind, it told me to go there. Like (laughs) that note is so old, they're definitely not in Brazil anymore.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited for this hunt to start. Like, I'm just excited. Like if I was Dylan, I wouldn't be sleeping.
0: Oh, same. But I honestly kind of hope we get a little bit more Christine because it was nice to have her back and she's just so cool. So I'd like to have her back.
1: Right. Honestly, I would love if he would just call Christine next episode and be like, you did send this man, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. He could have made a quick phone call to Christine to be like, hey, this dude, he's your guy, right? Like just to confirm.
1: No, I I do hope we see Christine again, even just like for a slight passing like once you know he gets his money back he like knows erica is safe all these kinds of things like i have not really a problem letting christine just like fade into the wind sure but i would like you know if you're gonna bring her back just for this like you might as well just bring her back again just so i can say hi exactly yeah uh do you have any more about dylan nope all right mary Baby Hannah does not
2: like Christmas, and for some reason, it's Andrea's fault. Jesse freaks out when Hannah seems to hate all of their Christmas traditions when really she's an infant and can't form opinions. Steve saves the day by dressing up as Santa, along with Brandon, David, and Nat. In One Last Christmas Miracle, Dylan shows up, finally ready to be a
1: friend and meet Hannah. Yeah, so the first scene where they're taking Hannah to see the santa at the mall like find me a baby that is under one that likes santa
0: 100 percent like i feel like half the pictures may definitely more than half like 90 percent of the photos i ever saw of kids from the ages of zero to like even 10 years old they
1: hate Santa. They're scared of him because he's a stranger. <laughs> well, and he's going to smell weird. Like, you're yeah. not used to this person. Like, you just barely got object permanence, and now they're like, <laughs> go to that thing.
0: And Hannah definitely doesn't have object permanence at
1: this point. Like, seriously, I I don't know how many years you'd have to go into my life to find where I've stopped screaming every time my parents put me on somebody's lap. Did y'all <laughs> ever have to go sit on the Easter Bunny's lap?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the only thing that gave me solace as a baby was that I was
1: always with my sister. That's fair. Yeah, no, (laughs) I was flying solo. (laughs) I hated it. I hated it so much. But like, yeah, this part where like, I can kind of understand Andrea like freaking out while she's taking the pictures because she's like, never had to do mall Santa before. But Jesse should really be like, No, babies hate Santa. Like, this is part of it. We take this picture, we put it in the photo frame, in the photo book, and like, we look back and then when she's 16, we get to embarrass her by being like, you hated Santa.
0: 100%. Yeah, it's like, because of all the religious talk between, you know, Andrea's Judaism and Jesse's Catholicism, it's like, just one more thing to hate or like, not be fond of or to argue about.
1: Which, so, I don't remember how many episodes ago it was that they were really, like, Andrea was really freaking out about this whole idea of, was it, um, was it Halloween? Day of the or Dead. Was it, yeah, yeah, when they were, like, giving her crosses, and she was like, oh, my God, why are we doing this to our baby? hmm And then Jesse was like, I don't know what we're going to do about religion, but we'll figure it out. Like, two months have passed, and guess what they didn't do? Figure it out. <laughs> like y'all especially at this time of year where you've got holidays you should figure it out like they just went through hanukkah and jesse didn't say a thing and then they get to christmas and andrea is freaking out i'm like girl come on
0: yeah it was really interesting to me to clearly see like hannah just be overstimulated this entire episode and for these teen slash sort of adult parents but college aged parents not understand that like getting all up in Hannah's face and trying to make her laugh and and, like shake a rattle not a good thing to do like that's just clear like that they just don't know what they're doing
1: right like so the next thing we see I just want to touch on like really quick Mm -hmm. is when Andrea brings Hannah to the peach pit and Hannah is still fussing because she's teething and a baby (laughs) Like, this is just what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, Steve has been complaining about, like, he he can't do anything right. All of his Christmases are terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes to sit down with Andrea, and he's like, oh, my gosh, let me see my sweet baby Hannah. And he picks her up, and he just holds her and, like, doesn't do anything with her. And she just stops crying. Mm -hmm. That's all she needed. She just needed, like, something she's familiar with and to stop being fussed over.
0: Or just, like, something different, you know? Like, literally, anytime my nephew cries, he just wants to be picked up. Like, almost always. He's been, like, in one position for a while. He just wants to be in a different position. That's it.
1: Yeah, and, like, Andrea's over here worrying about confusing Hannah. Like, she's a baby. She's like, I don't know. She has no time to be confused. I don't remember Christmas before, like, six.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like... um. Scientists say, like, you don't even start to form memories until, like, three. And that's just forming them. That's not even, like, being able to recall them. And anything sticks, you know? So, yeah, she's going to be fine, Andrea. Andrea, you're pre-med.
1: Right. Like, there is something to be said about, like, child psychology and, like, trauma with babies. But, like, that trauma is not going to midnight mass. Yeah.
0: Especially not when you're teething and upset.
1: Yeah. Take a bottle with you. That's fine.
0: Yeah. And like, I think that's that ends up like what goodness I can't talk that ends up being what boils over for Jesse and Andrea is that they do go to midnight mass and Hannah predictably so doesn't like it. She's not enjoying it. She's teething. She's it's past her bedtime or could be just the time where she was asleep and now she's up again because she's still
1: six months old. I find it very fascinating. So this is Midnight Mass, and then Day of the Dead was overnight in a cemetery. So, like, Jesse keeps being like, let's keep the baby out all night. And I feel like Andrea is the one who's like, I have a bedtime, but she's using the baby.
0: Yeah. Next thing you know, Jesse's going to be like, hey, there's a midnight premiere of Speed. (laughs)
1: Let's take Hannah. (laughs) I mean, given what we see at Atlanta United Games, they just put the big earmuffs over her head, stick her in the Bjorn, and just go.
0: I mean, Nate has talked about that. He's like, can we get those? And I was like, Nate, we don't
1: have a child. (laughs) (laughs) No, for me. (laughs) Yeah, but like Jesse and Andrea are just like screaming at each other, blaming each other. He's like, you know, Andrea, you didn't even want to go anyway, so you're just using like, I bet this is exactly what you wanted. And she's like, why would you assume that this is what I wanted? Mm -hmm. And then like he tries to take Hannah. She starts screaming because, of course, there's a lot of stuff going on around her. And then they, like, try and open presence and are just, like, chaotic around this. That's like- the
0: thing. I couldn't handle it. Because, like, every time she started crying, they just got up in her face.
1: Yeah. and They're I'm, like, singing.
0: Yeah. It's like, hey, first of all, give this girl a teething ring if she's teething. Or, number two, maybe she wants to sleep and be by herself for a little bit.
1: Right, like, just don't get all up in her face. Yeah, and I know I'm
0: being critical, but yeah, it just felt like it. You know what it felt like? It just felt like two young parents who just don't know what's what. The best they're trying their best, and their best isn't good enough right now.
1: Yeah, and I I totally get it. They're both full time students. You know, Jesse's working. They have the baby. Like, they're already fighting about other stuff. Like. I totally get what's going on here. It just like, it was driving me bananas that, like, she cried with Santa. And so they were like, all right, let's like rip open a present in front of her face when she doesn't understand what a present is, pull a bear out of it that looks like this thing that scared her yesterday, shake it in her face, and sing a song she doesn't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, the Back to Podcast is Hannah Stans
1: apparently the back to podcast is now a parenting podcast
2: (laughs) it's so funny to me that the holidays just made them forget everything they know about their daughter and her personality that's a good
0: point see that's a better take that's a better take
1: (laughs) mary's in charge now (laughs) yeah anytime hannah's on screen i'm just gonna stop talking
0: (laughs) yeah mary you have to be the one that's like here's a point discuss (laughs) instead of us trying to get to our own points
1: i almost feel like that's what she already does where she gives us the plot and then we're like okay but also
0: we jump ahead four minutes and like like all the way to the end of it but we'll get to that (laughs) Uh,
1: it's like hurting cats it's like hurting teething babies mary is just trying to keep us in line that's right uh Anywho, so
0: (laughs) they take a break from each other. Eventually, Andrea offers to make Jesse a sandwich or go for a walk. She's clearly throwing out repair signals to try Mm -hmm. to say, like, hey, you know, let's just get back on track here. But then there's a knock on the door, and oh my goodness, it's Santa Steve!
1: I love Steve Claus, and I love that, like, he didn't put the beard over his face so that Hannah could see his face.
0: Yeah, because then he immediately gets Hannah, and she's super chill. My only gripe, after everybody comes in and they're all, like, basically tossing Hannah around, nobody supports her head.
1: That has been driving me nuts this entire episode. I was <laughs> like, I mean, maybe she's old enough to support the head. Like, she has to be because that's an actual baby and they wouldn't mm-hmm. endanger the baby. But I was like, not. just just stick your hand up a little farther behind that yeah. cradle of the head.
0: or Or even just, like, put your two fingers, like, right... Under her neck, just the neck, even that'd be fine. Just, just something. Who, man, yeah. Especially when, like, because then wonderfully, David, Nat and Brandon are also dressed like Santa. Claire and Kelly are here too. And yes, she's not crying. And then, oh my God, the most dreamy human on this show walks through the door, and he's just like, "Thought I'd meet your kid." I'm like, "Marry
1: me, right?" <laughs> I was like, "A." And he brought a big lamb chop for her. I know. I died. Like, I don't know what he could
0: have. He could have said anything. Well, not anything, but almost anything. And I would have had the same reaction. But just the fact that he was there and he was happy to see Hannah. And uh, mm, Dylan McKay, you slay me once again.
1: I know. The only thing I have an issue with is at the very end of the episode, Jesse is happy. And he looks over to Andre and he mouths, I love you. But like the thing that solved their problem was other people showing up and fixing it, not them actually, like, handling the underlying stuff. Like, it was cute that they were like, I love you, but, like, he's happy because your friend Steve thought to put on his Santa costume and come nurture your baby so that you could get the picture you wanted, which, frankly, they should have started with in the first place. Like, my uncle dresses like Santa. I don't know if he still does it. They're getting older. But, like, every single year for all of the grandkids – And I think that really helps because, like, they have someone familiar. You can't just, like, take them to mall Santa. They will scream.
0: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. I think it's, like, it's a Band-Aid, right? It's a Band-Aid that still has not solved the larger issue that they so clearly have when it comes to religion and religious holidays and things like that. So they're still going to have to work through their issues. But, of course, we had to end the episode on a happy note, and that happy note equals Santa Steve.
2: I want to believe that Jesse, like – realized once they got ambushed by a million santas that were their friends it's like oh it's not christmas it's just we were scaring our baby yeah i would hope
0: i would hope so too that's definitely the more optimistic take on that because it's like yeah maybe he was so caught up in what he expected chris their baby's first christmas to be that once they realized like oh hold on it's not about that it's about making her comfortable and making sure she's like safe that's what's important i like that again nice take
2: <laughs> all right that's a
1: much better read than i had
2: i want to <laughs> believe he believes that but like i'm just projecting onto the characters at this point so <laughs> i do that we all, all do. the time
1: yeah <laughs> uh yeah I, I mean do you have anything else or can i guess your quote no, that's all. I mean
0: I once again, you know the Christmas episode just weird. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. so maybe they shouldn't do Christmas episodes, but I understand why they do. Um, but yeah, let's let's hit it up with with guest Caitlin's co- Caitlyn's quote of the week.
1: Okay. I'm gonna go with Dr. Martin. He's more diverse than that. He's a pumpkin patch. <laughs> or, their
0: dad. Oh, we have an or.
1: Or, with Brenda, you never know if it's going to be the best of times or the worst of times.
2: Mm, ain't it the truth, Brandon? Mary, what you got? Um, I wrote down Brandon saying exactly the right thing at exactly the right, or uh, sorry, exactly the wrong time um, when he told Kelly, You don't have to be perfect. That's not why I love you. Where was this last episode? Mm hmm. Um and yeah, let's see. I think I wrote some other stuff. I'm just gonna check. Watch that be it. Was it Brandon? Oh, I wrote down um Jesse being I love you and Andrea just doing like a little kiss back because I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah. That's it.
0: All right. Well, what it actually is, and I lost it. Oh, here it is. It was actually when Hannah, Andrea, and Steve are at the Peach Pit, and Andrea's freaking out about Hannah, just crying all the time and things like that, and and Steve is just waxing po- poetic about how he's such a great babysitter, and he just, he picks up Hannah, and he's like, I'm not cheap. I'm effective, but I'm not cheap, <laughs> and I just loved it. Like, such a classic Steve thing to say. Lay out your boundaries right up front, and <laughs> and don't underestimate yourself, <laughs>
2: love a good steve moment love it
1: speaking Speaking of moments moments
2: yeah um just jonesy in his entirety (laughs) (laughs) i had a feeling i had a feeling
0: it was going to be jonesy because boy we talk about christine having a great entrance
2: jonesy with his knocking i love like okay just like him knocking constantly and then dylan being like okay but get the fuck out of here and closing the door and he just starts knocking again in the same manner
0: just like tap tap i'm going knock, 120 knock, 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 knock. i'm going 120 beats per minute and you can't stop me knock 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 knock
2: he's a percussionist
0: yes he had a beat in his head he just couldn't get it out of his head
2: yeah i can't wait to see where this goes like what the <laughs> yeah. hell is happening <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, speaking of next week, we have episode, I'm sorry, season five, episode 16,
1: Sentenced to Life. So I watched this on Paramount Plus and at the end of the episode, it like pulls up a screenshot for the next episode and is like playing next episode in 15 seconds. So I do know what this is going to be about just based on the screenshot I saw for two seconds. Okay. And I'm mad about it
2: okay <laughs> what's the title again sentenced to life i bet steve does something stupid <laughs> <laughs> i mean I fair mean, test. you heard him last last
0: episode he was like well you know i got caught stealing a key and i got caught changing my grades i'm cursed which literally <laughs> sir you did all of these things these are your choices steve look at your life look at your choices
1: Literally, like the only one that was not his choice was going to try and find his mom and then finding out she was dead. Like, he could have done that at any other time. It just happened to be at Christmas, which sucks. Right. But, like, you're the one that took the legacy key and you're the one that agreed to steal the baseball.
0: Like, yeah.
1: And also, white boy privilege that keeps getting out of these things.
0: Exactly. You're not in jail. You're not on probation. You're not kicked out of school. You're in
1: college. Oh, Steve. Anyway, so probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, so we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast.
0: Shoot us over an email if you want to. Just have a conversation with us. Your questions, your thoughts, your comments, your concerns. Do that at back podcast at
1: gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. All that kind of stuff really helps us to get seen. Like that that helps us a lot to, you know, build the community and like give you all a better product. So we'd really appreciate if you did that. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm that sassy FBI front desk lady. I'm going to water Cindy's plants and take Brandon to church. And I'm a
2: check for $10,000. Bye. Bye. See ya.